0: Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard routine hiring for some of us a routine is a negative connotation uh that same old boring routine you know you hear that all the time but what does it really mean it means that we have the wrong routines and evolving routine is what is vital for growth today's quote celebrate life in all its glory challenge yourself to let routine sing and a new dance any idea who said that dr i yes i
1: think that was uh Maximilian Degeneres, right? The Roman, Holy
0: Roman Emperor. You are spot on, which uh, I found he was never crowned Pope. Isn't that that
1: interesting? And it's good. He talks about routine and uh, singing, and that's about rhythm, and that's pretty
0: good. I love it. I'm Rick Gerard and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and startup executives avoid costly hiring mistakes. We identify a specific problem and provide proven tactical solutions to help your company win the right hire. We do this by sharing insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Dr. Angel Iscovich. He's the president of Inflexion and also a physician, a man of many, many talents. Now, conventional wisdom suggests that the best way to navigate our noisy new world is to accept change, open up to novelty, go with the flow, embrace the relentless pelting of content minute by minute. But Dr. I is here to say that's not the best way to journey through our lives. In fact, it may go against our very nature of how we're hardwired. The subject of his new book is Routinology, the Art and Science of Routine. And of course, the crux of the book is that humans not only require structure, but we thrive in it. So I say this all the time nobody believes me. They all wanna be loosey goosey. From the womb to the tomb, we create a, and recreate numerous dynamic time bubbles, offering us meaning, fulfillment, and purpose. So he's excited to show us how implementing routine over one's life can lead to better health, joy, and fulfillment, which is what makes him the perfect guest for today's topic. Dr. Uh, Iskovich, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show.
1: Thank you, thank you, and you're welcome to say Dr. I because everybody kind of mangles my name a little bit that way. Did I
0: did I mangle it?
1: Yeah, no, you did pretty well. (laughs) You did pretty well. You did pretty well. So thank you. I
0: practiced it all morning. Because usually I botch up everybody's name, so I'm trying to get much better at that.
1: No, no, that's fine. That's that's why Dr. I has kind of been what we've been using to talk about the book and a little bit uh, to get the story out.
0: Awesome. All right. Today, we're going to cover the science of a routine, we're going to talk about the benefits and the negatives of having a routine, and then how to build a strong routine into your hiring practice. So let's start out with the obvious question, Dr. I. What is a routine and why is it important?
1: Well, it, in, you know, in pure definition, it's about really regularity. It's about time. It's what we do in a regular basis. It's also a little bit about where we do this. I always like to talk about the time bubble, the bubble being a stable and familiar environment, the routine being time. I noticed when I was studying uh, centigenarians, people that were over 100 years old, that there were two common things about them. And one of them was that they did things very regularly, very routine. And they lived in an actual... Uh, Very stable environment. But what they did varied quite a bit. Yeah, And this is kind of where this uh, all started. And I began to recognize that this was the case for high performers, that it was the case for care of the young. And this is where I started to look at the science of routine and regularity and why it is that we're, we're wired that way.
0: Aren't routines something we just fall into, that we do on a daily basis? Aren't we creatures of habit by nature? Right, and
1: you know, even habit is kind of a, a little different term, because yeah. that's kind of an automated behavior that you do, and it might be routine, regular, or it might not be routine, but the answer is really a little bit behind the science, the the science of homeostasis of all living beings, and that's kind of keeping a balance, and mm-hmm. equilibrium, keeping a balance. And then there's the sciences of how we work with stress, the endocrine system in our body. I don't want to get too technical, but I'm, I'm uh, glad to do so if you need me to. And also uh, really about circadian rhythms. If you think about it, we wake up every morning and we All go right, to sleep so,
0: every day. So for us that don't know, what exactly are circadian rhythms? It's right? just, Yes. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and,
1: and again, it's, it's, it's just about the way our bodies actually work. There's been Nobel Prize work that's actually been done in showing how this actually happens at a molecular level. But there's a reason we kind of tend to wake up at the same time over and over again and there's yeah. a reason we get sleepy at a well, certain that's part time. part of a
0: routine, right? And it is, and that's kind of how so your we're wired. Body, yeah. yeah. Your body naturally falls into routine.
1: Exactly. And that's that's what we need to begin to recognize that there are times of the day that And if you start looking at the biology that we're actually more alert, more productive, there are times a day that we're a little bit down. And this may be very important. And it, I found that to be the case in, while, in, while I was a CEO of a fairly large company that did staffing management and the sort. So yeah. I love an opportunity when you get a chance to talk a little bit about that.
0: So what's the clear difference then between the habit and the routine? A
1: routine is something that happens at a regular time. Got it. Again, that's why I talk about the time bubble. And it happens when we're at our best in stable and familiar environment. And and this is kind of goes back to humankind and Sorry. how we survive in the sort. A habit is a form of behavior. It, it might be drinking alcohol if it has a certain addictive quality. Or it might be kind of scratching your head or certain automated behaviors that you do. If you do them regularly, it becomes a habit. Like people become... Have a regular habit, let's say, of brushing their teeth before they go uh, to bed, or waking up and deciding to do some form of make your bed or or the sort. That's the behavior that you do, right? Right. Okay. So I just want to distinguish
0: between those two. So uh, a routine is more something your body is regulated toward. Right. Correct. Okay. Got it. And it can
1: be anything because the, the main thing is, is that routines can have our own unique behavior. We can decide what to do. We can decide whether we're going to make our bed in the morning or during coffee first. Sure. We can actually then decide how we're going to go ahead with the rest of our day, how we're going to move through our business work during a day. And these are unique, but there's a certain regularity and rhythm to these. So does a habit become a routine? A a habit can become a routine. It can be something that you do regularly, but habits are usually thought about as being very automated, things you don't have to think about, things that actually work in a different little part of your brain than that prefrontal part of your brain that you're thinking about. And some people believe that uh, good habits, automated habits, free your mind to do other things because you do them, so to speak, automatically. Are routines developed within organizations? Well, you know, organizations and businesses are really just about us, right? Yeah. Us all kind of working together for some common goal. In the case of business, for some form of profitability or something of, the, of that sort. And uh, and I think one good example of uh, that I recognized early on was that sometimes the people that work our team members, our staff really weren't really at their best at certain times of day. It began to make me think about when are we at our best. And if you kind of look at science and you look at how your cortisol levels and what happens once you've woken up, it becomes a really engaging time when you're really alert and can do a lot of things that are what we call a vigilant task. task Things that require lots of expertise, lots of analysis, things that might be Excel spreadsheets. In the case of of um, recruiters, Uh, of course, I was involved in a physician staffing agency that uh, can really uh, source or do detailed work, do statistics, and that's a really great time first in the morning to do that, and as the day goes on, it starts to change.
0: So our habits create our routines. From a leadership perspective, we should be leading people based on what those routines should be around the the different timeframes?
1: Well, here's the, the main point about the leadership. I think what leadership needs to do is create a really stable and familiar environment, something that has stability. Any company or group. Any uh, managers in the HR or recruiting side that are doing this need to have a certain stability with their teams. So stability and a familiarity of your environment is what leaders should do. And then I believe leaders need to recognize when people are most productive. And that tends to happen more so in the early morning There's a great time for more engagement from uh, noon to other times. Okay, we don't want to give that up yet because we're going to run through All right,
0: All right. (laughs) Let's not give the time for it. What I want to make sure that our audience understands, and actually I want to make sure that I grasp it too, leaders should be aware of people's routines so that they can develop their habits to manage more effectively during those time frames. That would
1: be good. Again, a okay. habit is simply what you do at a regular basis. Got that's it. that's what it is. Yeah. And if it's a true habit versus something you have to think about doing, it's a little more automated. But you, you've got that, correct?
0: All right, you're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard. For our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment. Hey, book me to come speak at your next corporate event. You can find out how at rickgerard.com. Our guest today is Dr. Angel Iskovich. He is the president of Inflexion, and we're talking about routines. There's two different routines here, right? There's a personal routine, and then, of course, there's business routines, right? Correct. Let's talk about the personal routine. What do you think is the best way in which an individual can maximize their performance through their routines?
1: The first piece is that, you know, routines in themselves, like even making your bed in the morning or making that cup of coffee— Or, in a business sense, using this next half hour to every half hour at nine o'clock to look for new hires that you might have in your company. That in itself, once you complete that task, it gives you meaning and purpose on its own. And this is a, there's psychology behind it, but I think it's pretty evident that that's an important aspect of uh, meaning and purpose. And this kind of begins to drive you and give you a sense of accomplishment in itself. Personally, that becomes the case. Now, What you do at different times of the day can vary, and uh, sometimes I like to talk about, you know, Bill Sanger was a CEO of a Fortune 500 company I had the pleasure to work with. He did a particular behavior from at a particular time, this was his routine, from about 3.15 to 4.15, he shut off all of the data. He took all the social media, all the data, closed the room, and let his mind wander. It's uh, not quite so the it's same as like medita- the meditation. It is in it's a way. A, yeah in a way, it's a yeah. little different than meditation. Sure. But he let his mind wander. and he let, he let that happen really, uh, so that he could either make important decisions or develop a little bit of clarity. Without really all of the clutter, that kind of sensory clutter that comes to our lives today, which is yeah. part of what I really speak about because the we're. The bombardment
0: a, we're, from everybody else's agenda. Yeah, we're right? being
1: interrupted. We're being disrupted. We could talk about how technology does that with, let's say, our phones or, or what we do today. And, you know, I had a technology company, an artificial intelligence company that I'm the chair of right now. So I know a little bit about how that may be helpful or could be disruptive. But the point being, there's kind of one really good behavior that you might be able to to really do, whether you're a business leader or you're just an individual, you're a manager, a director, take a little bit of time. And just reset it, your mind. And reset your mind. And you might be able to make some really clear decisions too. So why would that be better than meditating? It's not necessarily better than it's, meditating. Yeah. I think that uh, meditation has a little bit of... Uh, kind of exercise and knowledge that you need to bring to it. Determine kind of what type of meditation you're going to do. Determine what kind of mantras you might have. And you need a little bit of practice to get better at it. I think shutting things off and just letting your mind wander, that might be a little easier to do. That's the only reason. reason. I mean,
0: if you don't want to spend the time trying to learn how to meditate, it's probably the most effective way. Is there a time when that's the best time to do that? it depends. You know, in personal routines,
1: a lot of people tend to meditate once or twice a day. And often that works best either in the morning or a little bit later in the day. And I think as a day has gone through and lots of come to you, whether it's uh, who, what candidates, how to source them, how to decide which ones are the priority that you're going to try to, uh, to determine and work, you've, you've got only so much time and you have to focus on it. Maybe that's a really good time to make that type of decision. Usually somewhere around three or four o'clock, there's a time that I'll, I'll speak to a little bit, at, uh, as whenever you'd like me to, about three o'clock and what happens to our blood sugar levels and our cortisol and everybody's grabbing Starbucks and the sort. So there's a lot going on there. That's not a bad time to take a little time off sometimes.
0: So shutting down and resetting your brain on a daily basis makes you more productive? I believe it, it truly
1: does. And okay. it helps you make better decisions and really have a moment to think through them so you're not getting pelted by everything that you do in in the day of, of business and in your personal life.
0: Yeah, especially if you're trying to hire people, because that can get really confusing and overwhelming, especially when you're a smaller company.
1: Right, you need to sit for a moment and think about the human aspects, let's say, of that interview that you just did. The ability to kind of think about it today there's kind of the connection between uh in the business world now they're they're looking at artificial intelligence and genomics for example big data as the intersection where technology meets humanity and so some people will say well we can get a pretty good protocol to decide who we're going to hire or how we're going to
0: do it but they act as if the choice is actually in their hands The choice is in the candidate's hands right now. The people who they're trying to recruit are the shot callers. Exactly. It's great that you can use all these tools. And I have these conversations with people all the time. Yeah, you can invest a lot of money in it. But still, you have to do something to get that person to want to work for you. That's right. And that's that human connection. It is. And the ability
1: uh, to, when you're in that interview or however you're doing it, on both sides to be able to connect. You know, I used to tell our uh, recruiters And this is what the good ones really did. They really became engaged. They became engaged in in that candidate, interested in their lives, interested in what they do. And they were the most successful. But you have to be able to read to read people, to engage.
0: The most successful recruiters that I've seen or coached or mentored are, are the ones that care about that other person.
1: That's absolutely right. And if you, uh, some would say, well, I'd ask a question like, what do you know about this uh, person's life? I see uh, all this data. They've got a great yeah. resume. Five years And could you tell me a that? little bit about them? And they hadn't really engaged in yeah. a way to really learn what they were about. And people who care about people then can often make a connection. And really what you want is you want a good fit. You don't just want to plug the hole. And to do that, you need that human characteristic. Yeah, it's
0: like when you have a hole in your boat, you don't want to fill it with more water. You want to plug it with something (laughs) substantial, right? Exactly, exactly. And that's what ends up happening a lot of times. Well, that person brings the skills to the table, but are they a cultural fit? That's where that reflection time, I think, that you talk about is so valuable. If you take that 30 minutes to sit and think about it and ask yourself, why should I hire this person? Does this person really fit with my culture and what we're trying to accomplish here? Exactly. And if it's somebody who just brings the skills, hire a contractor.
1: No, I, uh, totally. And yeah. I think what we, what we have to be careful about today, and this is becomes to be philosophical questions with my interest in philosophy, of <laughs> course, but is really this concept of tech manity this intersection where we meet. Tech-manity. We, yeah, and that's a, a name in business when they're really looking at certain uh, areas like medical science and investing in those areas or in genomics or in artificial intelligence. And sure. and uh, I know a lot of people may have not heard that, but I, I recently just saw a nice Merrill Lynch brief that talked about all the companies that are in these, in these kind of areas. But I think what your listeners have to be careful to is that every piece of technology is not necessarily valuable. And every so piece true. of technology, technology, Technology cannot take over some of the skills that we, as I like to speak about, are wired for. You know, wired to develop our own unique routines or our business routines. We're not going to be able to change our wiring overnight.
0: No. Make decisions based on evidence that you're gathering from that person, not based on what a computer program tells you. Exactly. By the way... The person you're trying to hire is not going to use a computer program to run AI against your company no. to figure out whether or not you're right. a good fit for them, right? So right,
1: and that's why I speak about routines that there's, and when you talk about the circadian rhythm, the rhythm of the day, that there are better times to engage. All right, let's talk yeah. about that. So, yeah. run
0: me through just a, what should somebody be doing on a daily basis? Like, where are they going to get the most productivity? Well, if you so if you, you, said, you follow
1: the science of your body yeah. and if you think about it a little bit, you kind of start understanding that you reflect on yourself that this is kind of how it goes there. It's a little, it can shift a little bit for different people. Some people are larks. They get up early. Some people are owls. So the circadian rhythm kind of moves and, and how your cortisol and melatonin, Tonin and all these stuff this stuff happens, but in the in the morning, like I was saying early often from like eight to ten, again, these hours can vary a little bit is a great time to do very vigilant task oriented work, things that require computation, for example, writing. or significant thought, yeah, writing is writing can be the case if you're doing let's say a a brochure that uh, you're going to be sending out or or some form of uh, e brochure something of that sort, things of that sort, and that's a really great time to do that around ten o'clock. Uh, becomes a great time to for people to engage. Not just yourself, but also the candidates, where that's you can you see people at their coffee. best. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and people... Uh, water cooler time. It's, yeah, it's kind of water cooler time around 10. There's a little bit of energy there that's uh, maybe required, but this is a great time to engage. We're often at our best, especially in interactions. You know, I, So maybe I, if
0: you're setting up yeah. client meetings and that sort of thing, that's usually a good time to go engage. That Yeah, clients.
1: if you're going to be person to person. Uh, in my case, I really loved even first interviews trying to engage a candidate. I loved uh, doing it by Skype or having yeah. some video sense so there was a little bit of visual and sensory contact in that regard. Those are great times to have a meeting. They kind of can extend through lunch and out through afterwards at 1 o'clock in the okay. sort. Uh, so, those are really good times to do that. Type so, like, of work. 10
0: to 1-ish, that's kind of your right. best engagement. And often, yes, yeah, sometimes yeah.
1: Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, recruiters and, and small entrepreneurs are meeting someone that's going to be one of their smaller part of their team, they have lunch with them, right? That's a great time to engage breaking bread, so to speak. So after lunch,
0: what happens? Well, again,
1: after lunch uh, is not a bad time. There's a little bit of a drop, what they call the postprandial tide that happens in your body. The postprandial tide. tide, yeah. you'll see this, that post means after eating tide, which is like the tides going away. But pretty quickly, you do recover by uh, one o'clock or the sort, depends if you're an early eater or later eater, and you have some good productivity time. But when it's Starts to come close to three o'clock, the 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 mid afternoon to the later ma- afternoon. Red Bull time. By Red Bull time, and <laughs> uh, and, and it's time. interesting. And when you look at this, it's not the this is fairly. You see how social cultures play this out. You know, in England they have tea. Okay, high tea
0: at three o'clock. So it, this is like your least productive time. It is. It so is. This is a good time to meditate or reflect or do those things. It, it, to it, get you get know. Your it, brain, it, yeah, the brain go. is
1: telling you sleep, eat. Or have sex, actually. But you can't do that on the job. And that's what well, they, some people do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in Spanish cultures, of course, you you know, they yeah. often do sleep. But this is a great time to uh, – and meditation may come a little bit after a little bit of energy in the sort, but it, it is a great time to do that. And I also mm-hmm. use this time to engage with my teams as a leader. It was a time that you could have a great meeting, bring some, a little bit of energy, foods in the sort, and let people talk about innovation.
0: Talk That's about you can, new all things. the
1: crazy ideas can right. come out. Right. The crazy ideas can come out. Great time to do that. If you're sitting there tasking your people to do Excel spreadsheets, produce reports, write brochures at three, at three you o'clock, you are not going to be productive. Absolutely. In fact, you could just, if as some people have done, you could just say, let's forget three o'clock. Go home everybody and we'll talk again a little bit at seven or eight yeah. o'clock and have a virtual world. So yeah.
0: That's not a bad idea. Yeah. All right, man, we are just about out of time for today's show. On Hill, thanks so much for your time investment today and I want to welcome you to the higher power radio community. Now I'm you have a new book coming out, a lot of exciting things happening. What's the best way in which people can reach you? Well, uh, we have a webpage called angeliskovich.com, but okay. the, the, the book and the term
1: Routineology. All right, okay, we'll, have
0: a, we'll have a link in
1: our yeah, show notes. Appreciate that. And uh, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook as uh, Dr. I Routineology and also on Instagram and the sort. So we're talking a little bit about uh, little quips about the book and things that might be of interest to people.
0: Well, thanks to our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Paul Roberts, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We love your feedback. Keep sending it to us. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher, that's H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next week. Our uh, guest is going to be Marianella Gombosev. She is the CEO of Evoke Neuroscience. I'm Rick Gerard, your host, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power with Rick Gerard on OC Talk Radio.